word. Well, I really love to worship. I feel like uh, kind of all of my days I've enjoyed being in a place of worship and uh, it is just a great way to do life, to worship the King, to just be reminded that Him is uh, our creator of the heavens and the earth. He's so worthy to be praised, that Him in His majesty, His power, but I want to remind us in all of that, that he is such a big and magnificent God. But do you know what I love about God? That he sees us. That he sees us. He's so big and wonderful and mighty, yet he sees us mere humans. And I love that. And he is just so worthy to always be praised out of our lips for how amazing he is. This scripture in Job 12, verse 7 says this, But now... Ask the beasts, and they will teach you, and the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, and the fish of the sea will explain to you, who among all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Hey, just look around. Just look around at the handprint of our almighty God on the earth. And out of that, be a worshiper. Out of that, be a worshiper. I want to be the one who stands on a headland and worships. I want to be the one who looks outside at the skies and worships. I want to be the one that takes a breath into my lungs and I worship. I want to be the one that looks around the community here at Silverwater with great gratitude and I worship the King. I want to be the one who looks around the earth and sees what God has done in my midst and it doesn't matter what's swirling around me, I will worship. I will worship the King. It'll be happening tonight. It'll be happening in the morning. I always want to find myself in that position. And the enemy would love to come and cloud us with some of the issues and the hassles and the struggles of life. And can I just let you know tonight, all of us have those most moments of our life. Life, it's not promised to be a life walking with God where everything's rosy and perfect. Things happen. Yes, I said things happen. But no matter what's happening around us, you just always get into a place of being a worshiper. Because no matter how many things are not going well, there is always a thousand things going well. Just look at your hand, look at the skin. Be thankful that you've got a thumb. Like, have you ever tried to pick up anything without a thumb? You'll be pretty grateful you've got a thumb. Just, just look around. Just look at the people around, your family, and, and, and look where we live in the land and in the plant. Like, there's so many things. You could make a list of thousands and thousands of things that really should, should cause us to pause and be worshippers to the King. And it's a great way to live. Be grateful. It's one of the best things to, to do. Just always be entering his, his gates with thanksgiving, the Bible says. And I want to be one that has a lifestyle of worship. That it is just an overflow of my life. That's an overflow of my love for God. And I've been walking with the Lord for a long time now. 
And there's one thing I do not want, and I'm not saying I'm exempt and I and nail this, but I never just want to get familiar with how good it is to be in Christ. How good it is to know that when I breathe my last breath on this planet, I know that I'm off to heaven. I know that I know that I know. That is the best thing to carry on this earth. It is the best thing. And if you're here tonight and you don't know that you know that you know, I've got good news because at the end of the service, I'll give you a chance to put yourself in a position of knowing that you know that you know. But I know where I'm going. I know how good my God is. He's so true. He's so faithful. And I just want to be someone who keeps thanking Him and keeps living in a place of worshipping the great I Am. Romans 12, 1-2 says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What a great scripture. How good is the Bible? So good. So many scriptures there. And here we have in Romans and and Paul's been presenting this case to the Jews and the Gentiles about the mercies of God. And then he gets up to this in chapter 12 and he turns our attention to what we should do with that mercy. Where to worship. Where to worship. And it's not just alone in words and songs, but it's actually a life. It's a sacrificed life. It's, it's our whole life been in a place of worship. It's our whole life. Let's make sure that we're not worshippers on a Sunday but not on a Monday. Let's make sure that what we do on a Sunday continues on our Mondays, continues on our Tuesdays. As we get into Wednesdays, just let's make sure that it is ongoing in our life, that it doesn't just remain as a Sunday thing. Let's be people who worship day in, day out, morning, noon, and night. We worship Him. We worship Him. And we actually just do it as a complete an utter lifestyle. That same passage in the message translation says here, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. We've all got them, don't we? We've just got ordinary lives, all of us. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. This is a great little insight into this. God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. Who wants to not be like pulled down to where society is and where culture is? Who wants to rise above that? Who wants to live a different way, a higher way, walk a higher road? Because in Christ, that's what we're called to do. And we need to just be really just always in that adjustment mode, always in that slight Pilates, like in that place. That was pretty good. 
just always like adjusting what we need to adjust. And that's just like life. That's like, that's why I think church is so good for us. Because I think this is kind of like the place where, where God does a real work on us. I think we should always come in just, just open. Well, what, what's God want to do to me tonight? This isn't just an ordinary night. Next Sunday is not an ordinary night. This is the house of God. This is, this is where God works on us. This is where the Holy Spirit speaks to us. This is where I, I can come in and, and get prepared for what God has in my path going into this week. And, and this is, we should have this attitude, just ready to make those adjustments and just lean in and just kind of see what He would want us to do. It's just a great way to live, to just be ready to adjust how He would want us to adjust. And I just think if we can just get into that place of always wanting to be a worshiper and worship Him how He would want us to be and just keep pressing in and live, start to live it out because He'll want us to live it out. And there'll be times where when we make calls in life and, and we say things and we do things and we just know that it's not kind of in line with what God would have wanted us to do and we all do that at times. But let's be really good and mature and saying, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. And let's readjust and let's start going where he wants us to go. That's how we need to live. That's a, a life of maturity and that's a life of winding upwards, which the Bible says we need to do. The path of the righteous, it winds upwards. It's, it's where we need to keep going, but it's about having that worshipping, that worshipping thing on the inside of us and, that, and wanting to do it and wanting to, to be into God and wanting to go deeper into God. And, and we're just, we're all human and we, we have our, our moments where we feel a little bit distant from God, but let's just not stay there. Let's be all like, no, I'm going to bounce back out of this. I'm going to be deeper in the Word tomorrow. I'm going to get back into that prayer life that I had. I'm going to, I'm going to come into the prayer service on Tuesday night and I'm just going to give God that hour this week because I want to just go deeper in Him and, and get under the anointing and, and, and get the power on me. And, and we've just got to keep pressing in and, and just be, and keep worshipping and pressing in and, and be into the things of God and really position ourselves well. Just put ourselves there because our lives do need to be set apart we need to offer these lives like a living sacrifice. We're sacrificing it. Do you know what? Going deeper into God often, it does require us to be living a sacrificial life. We're putting other things aside to spend time. Sometimes it's sleep. Sometimes it's the TV that goes off. Sometimes it's not going out on, you know, fitting everything into a day that just means there's no time for God. Sometimes it's preaching to myself it's putting the phone down because the smartphone the smartest thing you can do with a smartphone sometimes is to put the thing down is to put the thing to the side and just and create the space and and just live in that place it's some of the things that we need to do and we've just got to keep positioning ourselves there and just and just lifting up and being in worship and have high worship and and have deep and meaningful worship of the king and do this all the time. We're consecrating our lives. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're living apart. We're obeying what God would want us to do. And it's in all areas of life. Like there shouldn't be this separation from, you know, oh, kind of a Christian there, but oh, in this environment, I'm not as good. No, let's get some consistency. Let's just get really consistent in who we are in the dark and in the light, who we are when the light's on and when the lights are off, when someone's watching our computer screen and someone's not watching our computer screen. Let's just get really consistent, just consistent all the time, not trying to, uh, you know, make our little, you know, uh, you know, doing the tax thing. And you, No, let's just get really consistent. Let's just make sure we're consistent in life. We're worshipping 
we're living a life like that. Not trying to get the little gains when we can because no one's looking. No, we're just consistent. We're living this transformed life. Thanks, Mixer Bat, for your encouragement. We're living it. We're worshippers. We're worshippers. And I read that scripture and that version out of the, uh, the Amplified, the message translation, talking about the culture. We've just got to, we've so got to rise above it because culture's changed. I was doing some reading of a professor, an author, Andrew Delbanco, who was talking about how in America, and I think it's quite true for a lot of nations, that uh, there was a big era where it was actually quite a, a God-centered community. The culture was quite God-centered. But then an era came where it moved away from that. And he, he uh, said that in America, it went away from God and then it went to, to looking at the nation to be its savior. Isn't that interesting? That they went away from a personal God and so they substituted it with the nation of the USA, saying that its system of government and its way of life was the hope for the world. And then recently it's moved away from that. And guess what it's gone to? It's gone to self. It's gone to self. And I believe that's what we're dealing with now. That the meaning of the individual life and all the freedoms found just looking inwards and it's all about us and it's all about self. And, and that's not God's way. And like in that scripture, we don't want to get, you know, find ourselves down in that. We want to rise above that. Because life's not about self. It's about him and it's about others. We're actually, uh, we're a bit of a fair way down the, uh, down the pecking order, to be honest with you. Let's not have a, you know, a me, 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 an I, 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 uh, you know, culture within our worlds, within the church, within our families. Let's make sure that we're worshippers first and all. We worship. Oh, we worship, we worship, we worship. And then we're community. And then you kind of look at yourself a little bit, which is okay to do. But it's just not all about me. It's not all about, because that's not where the hope is. The hope is in Jesus Christ, and on Him alone is the hope. And I just love that the church is the place where we hear about this, and we get focused on this, and we celebrate this, because there's very few places out of these wars. And this is, like, this is like where we get revved up, but then we scatter into our worlds tomorrow, and we shine brightly as people who worship the King in the private and declare his goodness to others and when we're connecting with them and we're integrating with them we're not coming down to their level we're trying to bring them up to our level and we don't do it full of pride but we just know who we are in Christ we know who he is and we declare his goodness and we lead them up because no matter how good they look and how shining on the outside and how many BMWs are in their driveway, if they're not in Christ, there's a void on the inside of them. And we are the ones that can deliver them the message of Jesus Christ to fill the voids. Why don't we give the Lord a round of applause? Because He's good. He's good. He's good. But I just think when we have this, this lifestyle of worship, that's where we'll shine the brightest. And we've just got to be really, really careful about some of the things some of the idols that may get in the way for us because things will always be trying to creep in and an idol meaning a representation of a god little g used as an object of worship because sometimes we can find ourselves actually worshiping where we shouldn't worship and sometimes they're really good things but they've just turned and they're just just off center a bit 
And for some people, families can be an area of idols. Of course, families are beautiful things, but some societies particularly have made them the absolute thing, the ultimate thing. Maybe it is about individual freedom is an idol for some. Maybe it's materialism, carism, idolization of romantic love, physical beauty, sporting pursuits, social media, profit. There's a whole lot of things that can start to just make their way and all of a sudden they should be peripheral things and all of a sudden they start finding themselves where they shouldn't be in our life. And let's just be really open and even tonight and just kind of say a whisper and say, Lord, if there's, if there's something that I've just started to, just reveal it to me. Because once you kind of get it revealed, you, oh yeah, that has started to get in the way. And just say, hey Lord, I'm really sorry that thing started to get in, started to be a little... It's had a bit of too much worship coming out of me, too much focus. I'm leaning too much into that. I'm putting too much time and energy into that thing. And maybe tonight's the night to put that to the side and put him back where he deserves to be. Tim Keller, great pastor and author, says this, Idols, they can be good things turned into the ultimate things. So the desires they generate become paralyzing and overwhelming. Let's not let that happen to us. So if they're here, if there's something, if you just feel even the whisper tonight of just something you've got in. If you get up in the morning and the very first thing you do is you turn on Facebook and Instagram, maybe that's just got in the way a little bit. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, help me with that, Lord. And can I, be, can I give us some little tip tonight? Just ask God for help. He sees it. He knows it. Don't kind of like, just be really, hey, Lord, help me with that. Tell your connect greeter, hey, I've... You know, this thing's got in the way. Can you keep me accountable? Can you call me next week? Like you just pull things out in the light, ask God to help you, tell others, it'll help. That was a tip for free right there. We good, Natalie, down there? Thanks for being in church tonight, Natalie. It's good to have you here. <laughs> Natalie's always in church. That was just a little bit of fun. Is that all right, Natalie? I'm just used to you being right there, but that's okay. I was a bit worried before because it was like, oh, I was there and Natalie was over there. And then Rose was there and Dorian was over there. And I'm like, this doesn't look very good. But everyone, Rose and Dorian are okay. Natalie and I, we are fine. Just wanted to put that out there. It is all good. It is all good. Exodus 20. Exodus 22. Everyone heard of the Ten Commandments? I'm going to read the first one. Are we ready? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's make sure we put him first. He is the Lord God. Let's make sure he is first, that other things do not get in the way in Jesus' mighty name. We make him. And he's so jealous. He's so jealous for us. He wants us so desperately to put him right in the middle. Exodus 34, 14. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, 
whose name is Jealous is a Jealous God. What's he jealous for? He's jealous for you and I. That's what he's jealous for. He's jealous to be in connection to his people. And he's just there, arms wide open, and we've just got to keep moving in. Keep moving in, keep moving in, keep moving in. It's what he wants for us. And he so deserves that number one spot. There shouldn't be rivals. There shouldn't be competitors in the way. He deserves it. Let's give it. Let's give it. It's just like that. And I love worship because worship just gets me back like (laughs) in that, that right place. And it's like, it's all about you right now. It's all about you right now. Just start leaning in and and doing what I just feel like doing, whether it's lifting hands, I just keep going there. I love to do that. We just got to keep drawing near, keep drawing near. I can remember when Jesse was about four or five, my little boy. As a dad, I kind of like to hug my kids. And he went through this little season where he started to tell me that he was out of hugs. He was like four. And I'm like, what do you mean you're out of hugs? I'm like, can you get some more? true story and then he uh he said yeah I've got to jump up in the sky and get them for you I'm like I don't care how you get them but I'm good for them so he'd literally stand there and kind of go and then give me a hug I'm like that's good and that went on for a little bit and then he uh he started putting time restrictions on when I could (laughs) hug him serious true story he started putting time restrictions of the day you can hug here but you can't hug there and then you can hug there and I'm like as a father I was I was wanting more. I wasn't that content with this running out of hugs, had to get them out of the sky and then started putting a time limit on them. I wanted to hug my boy. I wanted to connect my boy. And I just want to remind us tonight, God wants to to connect with us. He wants us to lean in. He doesn't want us to put time restrictions and certain deals. Let's just make sure 24-7, we are worshippers connecting with the King. That's what He wants from us. He wants that from us. He wants us to connect with Him and just be like that, not letting other things get in the way. I wasn't sure if I'd read it. I was just so, I just love the story we read in Daniel about the three young boys who refused to bow down to the culture of their day. They refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar and his ways. And they'd put something in place that said when the, I'll go there in verse 10, it says, You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Hashtag legends. (laughs) The king gets furious, verse 14, and he answered, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up. Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, it's kind of like Brad Sabat music right there, isn't it? He has a bit of harp and bagpipe in his rap. 
But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Like how's what they're about to face if they don't bow down, bow down and worship a false god? But the three young boys and a lot of, you know, Bible scholars said they were really, they feel like they were really young, like young boys. But man, they knew who their king was. <laughs> they knew where, who was going to get their attention. They knew who would get their worship. didn't matter what the earthly king of the day said. It mattered what their heavenly father, the king of kings and the lord of lords was saying. And they were determined to serve him. And the story goes on and if you haven't read it for a while, you haven't read it it's from Daniel 3, it's a really worthy read. And the king gets really upset with them because they refuse to bow down. And he gets the fire burning and burning and burning and throws them into the, the furnace. And then in verse 24, he says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants. This is the king now saying, servants of the most high God. They stood up. They believed. They knew who they worshipped. And all of a sudden, the king starts saying, you're servants of the Most High God. Come out and come here. They come out. And it says, The hair on their heads was not singed, their cloaks was not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered them and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? What a story. What a story of them just not bowing down and shining brightly. And that's what I want us to do is just be people living out our worship. I'll get the band to come. Living it out, Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If we live in a way of true worship and, and live in that state, we will lead others to a higher place. That's the thing. As we rise above what culture might say is the way to do it, we live not our way, we live His way. Do you know what? Others will see it. Others will see it and they'll respond to it. I had the great privilege six months out of school of leading my best mate who I went to high school with to the Lord. And I think part of it was I got, I got not quite hammered as much as the three young boys we just read about, but I got a really hard time in high school for being a follower of Jesus Christ. 
but I'm so grateful I didn't bow and I'm so grateful that I didn't lose the fight, that I hung in there because the fruit of that is my mate Richie Peterson is a follower of Jesus Christ because what I said was how I was living. I wasn't perfect, but I lived in a certain way and I spoke in a certain way and I didn't let the pressures of of the schoolyard and the pressures of the party and the after parties and year 12 farewells and schoolies week or anything like that get me down to a lower place. I stayed high, as high as I could. And I reckon he saw that because I said one thing, but I also did, did a certain thing and it was matching up. And he gave his life to the Lord. He's married a beautiful Christian girl. Him and his wife actually were the couple that kind of introduced me to Natalie. So praise Jesus for leading Richie Peterson to the Lord. (laughs) Which was really, really good. But we rise up. We rise up. and We just live this life. Posture ourselves and we're just living a life of worship. It's a good way to live. It'll be really fruitful. Be fruitful for your world. Be fruitful for your family's world. Be fruitful for some of your, your friends. It'll be hard at times, but just hold the line. Just be a worshiper. Keep leaning in. Keep going deeper into Him. He's got great plans for each and every one of us. Let's not miss out because we just let other things get in the way. We just didn't hold the line when we should have. We just didn't have the strength. Keep being in the house of God. This place will fuel you. This place will help you. This is where you'll get what you need for the week ahead. God's got the seven-day thing because I think that's about the routine we need to be in church. Is every seven days we need that thing again. <laughs> we need the time of worship and prayer and connection and hearing the Word. We need it. It comes around quick, but I think we need it. We need it. We need it. Let's just be people that truly live out this life. Let's make every moment count and just be a, a true worshiper. A true worshiper.